Vituity partners with hospitals and health systems to meet today's challenges. Our physician ownership model means our 5,000 plus frontline providers are engaged, accountable, and performance focused. Learn more at Vituity.com. This is Laura Deirdre with Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Sara Vaezi, Chief Strategy and Digital Officer at Providence. Sara, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Uh, Thanks again for having me. I've been with Providence for seven years, just over seven years, and um, I have primarily been within uh, the digital team during that time, and I transitioned um, into also taking on the chief strategy officer role in uh, summer of 2022. Uh, my background prior to coming to Providence was in a variety of healthcare-related kind of roles and companies. I was in management consulting um, on the provider side, doing a lot of enterprise strategy and population health strategy work with uh, large integrated delivery networks and uh, academic medical centers. Before that, I was in um, sort of at the intersection of health services research and health policy, worked with a lot of different state policy and uh, healthcare agencies, and uh, in like in Washington State, which is where I was from and where I currently live. And then uh, before that, I was actually a research scientist um, in the field of therapeutic ultrasound. So, I, you know, I've spent um, 20 years in healthcare and adjacent to healthcare, and um, there's never a dull moment. It just keeps getting keeps getting more and more exciting. Absolutely, I can imagine, especially in the last couple of years, as fast as things have changed in healthcare, um, in particular, you know, there's been a lot for you to think about and focus on and, and pivot um, during the pandemic and now coming out of that time. Absolutely, yes, definitely. I remember, I remember the days when really all we thought about, you know, from a provider side standpoint, was like service line development and the world has certainly evolved beyond that. It's certainly an important component still, but we are thinking about that a lot more um, these days. Absolutely. So when you consider where we're at today, what are some of the most innovative things happening in healthcare? What is really changing the game? Uh, there's, I mean, it really depends on where you want to go. You know, there's, there's things happening sort of on the core of how providers are evolving um, and our role in improving the health status of our communities. So um, some of the things that I think are particularly exciting is that health systems are continuing to, you know, I don't want to sound too jargony, but kind of move upstream and drive not only the delivery of care, but the coordination of care, coordination of networks, resource engines, you know, all of these types of things that are about connectivity in a community to drive higher value, better performance, and ultimately outcomes. So I think that's really exciting. And I know that we are spending quite a bit of time um, on that front in in our system, um, doing so through innovative partnerships with um, other uh, uh, organizations in all the communities that we serve um, to extend and augment the services that we can provide. And so we're no longer living in that world of health systems can or want to do it all, but rather that we are hungry for and seeking out partnerships um, in a really exciting and meaningful way. 
Um, another area that's really exciting and um, I think will make a big difference um, to, uh, to the overall sort of industry is collaboration and partnerships around non-clinical services. So why does every single health system need to run its own um, IT shop? Uh, you know, there's some elements of that that can be extensible and um, more sort of shared among us. Um, to help bring down the cost of running these very expensive kinds of um, kinds of services, um, and you know we can share expertise, we can learn from each other, we can um, you know capture the power of innovation and in the marketplace a lot more efficiently um, if we do that. So I think that's really exciting. And then you know in my digital role, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there is a tremendous amount of. Um, movement and uh, really exciting things um, and innovative things happening uh, from a digital and from a technology standpoint. Um, you know, uh, of course, GPT has caught the world by storm in many, many ways. And um, it's uh, kind of a fun little uh, thing that we can play around with right now. But there are um, and there's a long way to go to improve it and to make it really usable. But there are um, there's a lot of potential for GPT like models and generative AI in general um, within uh, healthcare that I think will um, really tr help extend um, the healthcare workforce, take things off their plates, um, support things like digital self service, which is something that my team works a lot on um, in terms of helping consumers be able to navigate their way through a really complex and complicated system. So, you know, the technology advancements in healthcare are finally kind of getting to that critical inflection point where they're, they really seem to have actual applicability as opposed to just like living in the land of like PowerPoint slides and theory. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is a lot of exciting momentum around how technology um, supports knowing users, knowing communities, and then serving up relevant things that are, you know, kind of contextually relevant, have a lot of utility to a user. And we spent a lot of time um, building what we call um, identity-driven engagement within within Providence. So I think all of those things are doing their part to change the game in healthcare. And um, each will kind of, you know, we're going to see the impact more and more um, over the course of the year. That makes a lot of sense. And really, you know, it's exciting to think about all those different ways that healthcare is being uh, transformed and evolving with technology and with the ability of artificial intelligence and some of these other things, as well as the relationships that have been formed um, between healthcare organizations over the past couple of years. And especially the last things you were mentioning around um, building the identity-driven engagement and really connecting with patients and the experience that they're having within the healthcare organization. It seems like the opportunities are, are nearly endless uh, to really improve, you know, the, the product that's delivered on the healthcare side. You got it. You got it. And it's not just limited to care delivery. It's actually, um, it can be as broad as the things that are required to keep someone healthy. 
Um, you know, we've struggled with that. And the evidence base is out there. You know, we spend more than any other country um, on health care and have um, worse outcomes than one would expect given that spend. And, and so, um, uh, you know, we, there's a really strong case to be made for we need to move upstream. We need to not just focus exclusively on like the single clinical encounter, but um, more around, you know, drivers of health, um, upstream indicators, and kind of the structures and the conditions that cause um, our health outcomes to be um, less than we would want and less than we would expect given the investment that we're making. So there's so much there. And um, technology is not the only thing, of course, but it can make um, a material difference and provide connectivity around, you called it out, you called it out, right, experience um, powered by underlying data that um, that'll make a big difference. Absolutely. And then, too, for the hospitals and health systems, obviously, traditionally have been very much brick and mortar, but how should they be thinking about growth in the future, balancing that physical footprint with virtual care? Uh, uh, again, you're kind of you're, you're doing such an amazing job of like leading me down the right path of um, how, how to answer the question. It's not just about virtual or physical. Um, the environment in, in the future is going to be multi-channel. And what that means is being in all the places where users are and creating operating models for the um, care teams to operate in a um, multimodal way. So what I mean by that is um, both virtual and physical. And um, that's a really tough thing to do because our operating models and our you know, like to your point, like the brick and mortar is built around everything being centered around a person coming in physically. And um, and uh, not only is that not how people necessarily always want to engage with their health system, but it's also a really rigid and very expensive way of doing things that, um, so it's not only not meeting the needs, but it's also more expensive than it needs to be. And so um, we have to start doing everything in the context of um, hybrid uh, environments. And um, it's not just about the technology, but it's about the process and the operating changes that will um, make it sustainable for caregivers. Otherwise, it becomes it can actually put more burden on them. It can be more inefficient um, and more challenging to maintain um, uh, sort of this mixed model. So, um, so the future is going to be hybrid, um, and it, it, it's not exclusively going to be one or the other. We're always going to kind of live in this fluid state of all of the above, um, and it'll be incumbent upon us to figure out how to make that work. That's a great point and definitely makes a lot of sense in terms of where healthcare is headed and certainly the preferences of patients as well as what is possible from the health system side of things too. I know the last year has been a tough financial year for many hospital and health systems with the shrinking margins and inflation at an all-time high. How can health systems change to become more financially strong organizations, uh, again, as healthcare industry evolves and really thinking about, you know, what they'll need to do now in order to prepare for the future? Um, a big part of it is going to be trying not to do everything ourselves and partnering 
in creative ways with um, other others in in the industry. Um, and uh, specifically, like, let's take a couple of examples. We don't need to build all of the services in every single market ourselves. There are lots of you know, we've traditionally just wanted to, anytime they, there appears to be a need, we're like, we'll build it. Well, that requires a lot of capital. That requires, um, you know, a lot of uh, planning resources. It just, it consumes, um, it consumes so much time and energy and, and money. Okay, so what if um, somebody else were to build it? Somebody else um, who may be better suited to build it? Or maybe there already are those assets in a community. We don't look at it from that lens all the time. And they just need to be propped up and partnered with in a way to serve folks better. So um, uh, it really will be about um, partnership. And then the other thing for health systems in that is it's not sufficient to just have a partnership where you become a downstream price taker You've got to think about the funds flow appropriately so that we are um, getting, uh, you know, quote, credit for connecting the dots in a community, providing that network perspective, and, um, and uh, not just uh, stepping away from the situation, but having a meaningful role in bringing um, a network uh, and a, a you know, set of partners together around a common goal. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, um, collaborating where we need to on getting more leverage out of things where they don't necessarily need to be delivered or controlled locally. So this is like those non-clinical areas where we can collaborate more um, and get um, some uh, scale benefits or, um, you know, just uh, spread out the cost among um, a larger number of um, uh, participants. Uh, these are, you know, like the example I used around um, information services or cybersecurity or, you know, um, uh, there's a long list of things that are not um, are not clinical in nature, and um, and we can get a lot more leverage out of it. That makes a lot of sense and, you know, really will be helpful for us to think about and know uh, going forward. I, I really love the idea of so much partnerships and collaboration happening in the healthcare space. And, and really, it seems like there's a lot of benefit there. Um, in terms of some of those collaborations and partnerships, I can imagine some are with other healthcare providers or organizations with the community. And then, you know, there are other companies in, in kind of non-traditional healthcare uh, companies coming into the healthcare space is in sort of disrupting, whether it's technology or retail or otherwise. What do you expect from some of those big healthcare disruptors in 2023 and beyond? Well, a relentless pursuit of continuing to penetrate the market. Um, you know, it's one of the largest opportunities with so much inefficiency. And so uh, there's not going to be you know, even with any missteps, they're, they're not going to back off. And, um, and so that's the first thing that we need to remember. The second is that um, a lot of these um, disruptive uh, forces that we have seen, what they're really good at is partnerships. Um, and they recognize the need to, um, to get into uh, a market in a in a variety of different ways and in often more efficient ways than building everything themselves. 
Um, in particular, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be getting into the hospital business anytime soon. It's a very difficult thing to do. And, and so um, what we call disruptors, they're going to be looking for hospital partners. Um, and um, that provides a, a really unique opportunity for us um, as large health systems. Um, the, the other thing um, that's going to be uh, really likely is they're going to, they have um, a lot of capital and they're going to put it to work and they're going to try to get a return on their capital by tech enabling businesses and sort of driving a nonlinear um, return on investment through that uh, tech enablement. So that's, um, I think, another uh, kind of what won't change. Uh, tech enablement allows for scale um, that, uh, that just sort of like your traditional services are never going to be able to accomplish. So um, they'll continue to do that. And along the way, they're all going to also continue to learn and, um, and get more and more efficient. Absolutely. I know efficiency is always the name of the game and trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, move forward with healthcare and especially within uh, the, the space that seems like it's putting more and more emphasis on, you know, what value can be provided, how to get better outcomes and, and really um, as much as possible lower costs from the system. So, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion. It's always great to speak with you and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for having me. It's always great to chat with you, Laura. Thank you.